to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life. I'm Robert Kane. By examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. And or I'm various aspects, depending on what episode you listen to. Yeah. We like I'm to Rick. switch it up. This is Rob. This yeah. is Bob. Whoop. Sorry. No longer Rob, it's Bob Kane. That's right. Let's stick with Bob. New man. New man. Uncle Bob. Yeah, it's really just for my nieces. Uncle Bob. Anyways, keep listening. You'll hear <laughs> we'll what that's about. Rick, what are we getting into today? We're talking more about the book of Philippians. We're going to go through verses 12 through 20. And Paul writes to encourage the church to trust the gospel, trust the advancement of the gospel through hard times, trust that we need to have confidence in it and be secure in it. So we're going to take a deep dive, have some great conversation. Hopefully you guys can tune in and enjoy. Yeah, thanks for coming up, hanging out, just yeah. chilling, let the kids do what the kids do, and um, yeah, man, I know it's a big, big trek for you guys from the big city to make your way up to you know the old we do what old we Mount can. Vernon. We do what we can for you guys. Yeah, well, got some Riverside obvious, Dairy, but yeah, it was good. That was good. I, I hope, love ice cream. I, I hope that joint stays there. It's good, good stuff. Right Probably across just from like me. a block from my house. I know, which is why I hope it stays there, because. <laughs> It's a nice thing in the summer. Walk right over there, grab some ice cream, cross the street. You're right at the park. Let the kids run around and play and enjoy your bowl of ice yeah. cream. It is nice. You you live like a block or two from uh, a couple an ice parks. cream joint. Oh yeah. yeah, an ice cream joint too. Yeah, but it's Graders, which is great ice cream. However, yeah. it's expensive. For like one scoop, mm. it's like four bucks. Yeah, that's expensive. Maybe five. Anyway, what else is new with you, Rob? Um, you had a good getaway last week with yeah, some yeah, Baptist man. friends. Mm-hmm. Us and the Baptists, we got to hang out. Uh, the Southern Baptist, to be clear. Southern Baptist, yes. That's, we should clarify. Um, so it was a thing for church planters in Ohio within the Southern Baptist denomination within their first four years of planting. We mm. fell into that category. And so yeah. we got a little getaway at um, Deer Creek Lodge here on the central Ohio-ish, south side of central Ohio. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was beautiful. I was sending you Marcos. Like it, it was, yeah. it exceeded my expectations and I was very happy that we got to go. Rob, how many things in your life exceed your expectations? Hmm. That's a good question. Cause I feel like most people that would fit, like that's a short list of things that like, wow, that, that exceeded my expectations. I think because I tend to be cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of things exceed my expectations because I'm like, could you name three things? <laughs> no, not off the top of my head. <laughs> Dirt Creek Lodge <laughs> exceeded my expectations. Well, um, Danielle, I'm sorry. Maybe you get some counseling later, but <laughs> yeah. I knew she was going to be amazing the whole way. <laughs> Gracious. But yet still not exceeding your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to a different topic. Uh, okay. No, it's, it's a good thing to figure out like what expectations, expectations we hold. I think we definitely live in a culture where um, <laughs> expectations can be dangerous. They're <laughs> usually um, unhelpful. But I'm glad that this retreat, Rob, which t- as far as we know in Bob's life has <laughs> exceeded his expectation. Thank you for that. Um, we know of no other thing other than this weekend. So 
that has exceeded your expectation. Oh, All right. I was like, what is it? Nope, no, that's the, that's the only thing we know of in your whole life that has there have been other things. No, we don't know about them though. We don't know. Yeah, I don't have a list ready for you. I'm you not good. I'm not good with thing. ready lists. I was just listening to the Happy Rant. And they were talking about that with Ronnie. Yeah, yeah I was lists. like, dude, I can resonate with that. Like, I'm not good with like off the cuff lists. So one thing I found people who hold the list like they oh they know what their top five songs or or you know groups are or movies yeah. Is they're usually like highly um, analytical people. Mm. Now, everyone who like does life and business and all that stuff, you have to you have to be somewhat analytical. But they're like, man, they want to know. They want to have all the answers. They want to. They have like an algorithm to figure all that out. But yeah, I have no real rhyme or reason for the lists I make of why I enjoy the movies I like or the the groups I like. I just like, yeah, yeah, I like them. Yeah, so they're on my list. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. All right, Rob. Uh, well, enough of this him hauling around here. Yeah. Speaking of your weekend. Speaking of your weekend. How was church? The gathering of the church yesterday was really good. Yes. We had a great time. Thank you for that clarification. Um, people came together. The church was gathered. We proclaimed. We sang. Um, the word was proclaimed. We ate. We did communion. And then we actually ate a meal. So you guys are, you guys are back to eating meals. We are back to meal eating. Good for you, man. It's great. That's one of the best parts, honestly. Like the whole gathering is great, but to be able to sit down and eat with others is particularly enjoying. Yeah, because it just makes everyone like you. You, I don't want to say you're forced, but like it's just conducive for conversation, for more like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, yeah, relationship building. So, yep, conversations. It was good. It was really good. Love it. How about you? How about you guys? It was great. Like very similar. Yeah. Now I think last week you said that you had a real problem with. your, one of your fog machines went down. I knew and, this was going to be something goofy. <laughs> uh, and that really threw it all I off. I always right? hate it when a fog machine goes down. <laughs> sense the Holy Spirit leaving. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, there he goes. There he goes, right there with the last <laughs> bit of fog. Good while we had him. Yeah. Come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no fog machines. But what you guys preach on? Because that is going to be the text that we're going over, as the listeners are already aware. We're continuing yeah. Philippians. But Rick, why don't you go ahead and share the passage we're going over? Yeah, uh, Ezekiel 37. Um, and Glad it I was took, about the... Um, coffee right then. Uh, we're learning this from Bethel, actually, about mantling, mm, gross, good. grave sucking, soaking, that's whatever good. you call it. So, Rob, yeah. why don't you go ahead and read that passage for us, if you would. The Ezekiel passage? Yeah, yeah. I don't have that in front of me, but I do have Philippians 1, verses 12 through 20 in front of me. You want me to read that, or do you want to read it? Rob, you're a fantastic reader. Oh, don't make me blush, man. Here we go. Radio, they can't tell if you're blushing or not. (laughs) Here we go. They can only hear if you're a good reader or not. Mm. Well, let's try to live up to that. Starting in verse 12. Okay, Okay. what are you going to say? Thought you were going to interrupt me right when I started. <laughs> no. All right, here we go. Now, I want you to know. What translation okay. is this that you're reading out of? <laughs> I just, I want the listeners to be able to follow along. Is this the. Uh... This is the Christian Standard Version. Okay. This one like to say the CSB. <laughs> okay. You good? I'm good. Okay. Go ahead. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. 
To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, because I know this will lead to my salvation, through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Hmm. Is that what I was supposed to say? I don't know how you guys do it there in the Citizens Church. Uh, we say thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Can I do that right? Do I go through that again? That was good. Yeah, let's start from the top. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, I'm kidding. Oh, oh, I was ready. I was like, all right, let's let's yeah, let's learn this thing. Yeah, okay, thanks. No, great job reading reading that passage, Rob. The pressure's uh, always on now that now that you pointed out that I can do it decently well. Hey, I have you been can reading do it since like well. first grade, maybe yeah. four, maybe after. I don't remember when I first started reading. I'm a very slow reader, though. But you're a good reader. Oh, Rob. thanks, man. We that. have um, it's great. There's people in our gathering who are very good at reading. And I think I shared this before we started Philippians. We had a lady just read the whole book uh, before that in our overview sermon. She did a wonderful job. If someone's like, hey, read this whole book. I'd be like, uh, nope. Right. Not going to happen. So anyway, yeah, that was the text, Rob. That Why don't you go ahead and tell us what it's about? You know what? You preached on it. So I'm going to let you have the mm. first word. Now. That's the first word of the text now. Oh, thanks. Thanks. No, so I did, we did cover this text yesterday, um, Proclamation Church, and a lot of, I don't know what people's different headings will, but uh, say, we'll, we'll say, but most Bibles have a break there between verse 11 and 12. There seems to be kind of a natural transition of, of thought. And in the CSB, the heading for this section is about the advance of advancement of the gospel. Um, and so the title that I used for this sermon is gospel witness because as paul's writing and what can i get into you see how he's talking about our witness and our kind of our testimony our, our witness of the gospel to those around us um so we we start with this idea that again paul's writing to encourage the church and to build them up and he's really wanting to connect the the message of the gospel um and then faithfulness to god and how our faithfulness to god is imperative of our really our faithfulness to the go- the message of the gospel. And you cannot really separate those things. You cannot say, hey, I'm going to be faithful to God, but I really don't need the gospel message. If you're going to be faithful to God, you need the message of the gospel. So uh, before I kind of dived into the text, I took about 10 minutes and just kind of went through what the gospel is. Hmm, I'm not nice. going to take 10 minutes and do that now, but you've hopefully if you've heard, if you've been listening for a while, you hear Rob and I say this uh, summary of the gospel, that which we get from uh, Greg Gilbert's book, What is the Gospel? But he says there's pretty much four elements to the gospel. That is God, man, Christ response. God is a holy creator, um, created the universe, right? That's part one. Part two, meaning that mankind, man has fallen from God. We've been separated. Um, 
from him and the relationship that we are designed to have with our creator has now been broken. So we are longing to be reunited, but we are separated. So mankind is sinful and separated from God. That's the second part. And then the third part being that Christ, Christ has come as a mediator, right? So apart from Christ, again, there's still that separation. Man is guilty. Man deserves eternal punishment in hell for um, his sin. But Christ has come. Christ has paid the price for those whom are his, atoned for their sin, provided um, abundant life for them. And so because Christ has come, we now have to respond to that. And that's the last portion for response. So now we have the message of of salvation through Christ to be reunited um, with the Father. And so we respond by either rejecting Christ, saying, I don't, I don't want you, I'm denying you, I'm doing my own thing, or we repent, believe, and surrender and follow after Christ. So that's really short. That's a summary of the gospel, God, man, Christ response. It's important as we work through this passage that we, we know that, we know what the gospel is going forward, because that's, as we're talking about being a gospel witness, we have to not just throw around churchy terms or theological terms, but we have to be clear on what we're saying. So that's the first part. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so you, uh, I appreciate you unpacking the gospel. I there. appreciate you too. Oh, oh thanks. Um, if you were to take the one sentence summary of your sermon, you kind of already said it earlier, and I was going to stop you and have you re-say it because I think it's I think it's good to summarize the passage. But could you share mm-hmm. that again, like the the summary of the passage? Yeah. So again, as Paul writes to encourage the church to help um, them to see the connection between faithfulness to God and the message of the gospel. So that's the the main idea that if we're going to be faithful to God, we'd be faithful to be faithful and hold to the gospel. And then there's three, I have three points through through the text and the way this works out is that we have to have confidence in the gospel, right? So to believe the gospel works, we have to have confidence in it. We have to be content with being faithful to the gospel. I don't know if you can hear my kids crying. I can, totally can. Definitely crying a lot. Um, but we have to be content with the gospel message, not trying to invent new things or, or try other strategies, but content to just be faithful to what the message of the gospel. And then lastly, um, we have to be, our hope is in the sustaining power of the gospel, that as we mature, as we grow, the Lord sustains us, and that gives us, that's our hope. Nice. So the, that's that's the whole sermon right there, Rob. Nice. Go ahead and wrap, wrap us up. I'm a little disappointed that your third point didn't start with the C. Um, I know that you started off by saying you have to have confidence in the gospel. And then what was the second point? You started with the C. Content. Content. Glad you listened. Yep. Took good notes. Yeah. I tried, Rob. I didn't know. It's, I'm, I'm not a lit. Uh, Three wait, points in alliteration, man. You're like, yeah. you're right there. You're you're a Baptist. I, I tried. You just, I tried. Just had to push. Yeah, I'm Baptist. I'm just not the Baptist denomination. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, which probably makes me more Baptist, I think, actually. No, it doesn't actually. Uh, because I'm true congregational. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I tried to find another C, but I wasn't about to like rack my brain figuring it out. Yeah. And you know what, Rob? I think um, the text is what the text is. So I wasn't going to change. I wasn't going to twist the scripture to fit some cute little alliteration. Well, you totally should have. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so, okay, Just so picking kidding. it up in verse 12 through 14. Yeah, so ver- verse verse 12 right there, one of the things as I was just looking into this that is significant to note is that Paul starts off, like right right from the get-go, I want you to know 
brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. And so he's like right from the get-go, looking at his situation from a divine perspective of just seeing mm-hmm. that all events could be redeemed for the Lord's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we're familiar with the Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But sometimes we can, we can become so familiar with a passage or with a verse that it loses it, the weightiness of it. Mm-hmm. And we, we shouldn't let that verse become light. Um, it, it is so true that That's God can use all things and does use all things for the good of those. It doesn't mean that every situation is going to be good. It, yeah. it doesn't even mean that every situation is going to end up good. Mm. It, but it does mean that God will use every situation to bring about ultimate good. Yeah. And here we see Paul pointing out that what's happened to him has actually been used to um, further the gospel. Uh, that was his primary yeah. concern, that the gospel would go forward. And it, it did happen. So even though Paul's in prison, um, he's able to still be joyful. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's writing to this Philippian church, and they're a, they're a supporting church of Paul. And so financially, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and prayer, yeah. yeah. Um, he, they, the what is it? The Pillar of New Testament commentary, one of my favorites, pointed out that, um, that it's easy to understand why Paul would focus on the advancement of the gospel. And they say that mm-hmm. there are three reasons. The first one, there are at least three reasons, there could be more, but the first one is that his partnership with the Philippians is for the purpose of propagating the gospel, of furthering the gospel. We see that in verse five. Um, and so he's wanting to let the Philippians know that, hey, just because I'm in prison doesn't mean that I don't need your support anymore. I still need your support. In fact, mm-hmm. let me show you that the gospel is still going forward. It says, where is it? Um, where it says that the gospel has gone and everyone in the Imperial Guard knows it. What verse is that, Rick? I'm looking here, but because I'm on the spot, I'm having a tough time finding it. 13. Ah, see, it's right in front of me. Okay, so that it's become known throughout the whole Imperial Guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I'm in Christ. So the entire Imperial Guard, all the guards are now aware of the gospel and what Paul, why he's being imprisoned is because he's in Christ. And so he's yeah. letting them know, like, hey, this, he's letting the church in Philippi know, hey, this imprisonment is actually leading to more people knowing the gospel. So I still need your support. And the second one, um, he's, they say, is Paul focuses on the progress of the gospel rather than on his personal experience in prison because it was the gospel that mattered most to him. Mm-hmm. So not just because he needed support from the church, but also because it was very evident that, that that's the thing that matters the most to Paul is the gospel and furthering the gospel and making Christ known. And then third, Paul tells his friends that his chains brought about an advance of the gospel to encourage them in their suffering. So he talks later in the passage about how because of his chains, others are more emboldened. And they have Mm -hmm. a a passage here, or they have a phrase here that says, though the messenger may be bound in chains, the message cannot be bound. Caesar's chains released the power of the gospel of Christ. And did, so, did it really? Was it Caesar's chains? Or was it the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, <laughs> Romans 8.28. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Paul yeah. provides this evidence um, for, his, for yes. this report, this positive report, by describing the impact that the imprisonment has had. And so the gospels yeah. continue to go forward. The whole imperial guard knows about it. The gospel being 
the thing that is most important to him. He can rejoice and have joy in the midst mm-hmm. of this suffering. And third, that this um, this imprisonment has actually brought the advance and the further emboldening of mm-hmm. others who are in Christ. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Life Journal. Life Journal is a 90-day planner and journal to help you organize your day, accomplish your goals, and grow in your faith. And the thing that I love about Life Journal is that, as you guys know, I also work full-time outside of the church. So this journal is put together really well, very sturdy, and it looks really sharp. So I can walk into any business meeting with this journal and feel good about opening up and taking notes. And then in addition to that, it also is able to gear your day toward keeping the gospel at the forefront of your mind. It's got a section each day, what I'm thankful for, uh, what scripture did I read, what did I learn here, what was new, how will I use this today, and then it has a gospel connection. How did this reveal the gospel or point myself or others to Christ? So it's not only a productivity journal, it's got your top three, it's got a spot for notes, it's got a spot to track your five foundations and daily goals, but it also brings it all back the most important thing, the gospel. So we heartily endorse the gospel-focused life journal. And if you want to learn more, go over to gospelfocused.com. Again, that's gospelfocused.com. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And they, they, they um, when Aphrodite came from Philippi to Paul, and Paul, they think, probably sent this letter back with him. One of the reasons they sent him was with financial support, but also there was fear in the Philippian church. Uh, Paul's being uh, you know, imprisoned. These things are happening. And he's like, hey, listen, yeah, sure, I'm in prison, but the gospel is going out. It's working. Other brothers, they're, they're gaining confidence because they're seeing the gospel work. Yep. And so um, – and there's, we see this even in Romans 1, 16, where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone. But right? so we, we have to have confidence yeah. in the message of the gospel. And this is what Paul's writing saying, Look, listen, if you're to ask a strategist or some marketing person, what's the best way to get your message out? The last thing they would say would, would be, well, go get imprisoned and try to send your message from prison. Yeah. Right, and that's that's your point. The commentator's point as well. Like that's mm-hmm. seems like it appears like that's the worst strategic place for Paul to be, but yet God in His sovereignty and the power of the, the message of the gospel, it it works. It goes forward. And so we have to have confidence in our gospel witness. So when we're with family, we're with friends, coworkers, neighbors, and it's awkward, and we're like, man, I don't. You know, people are complaining about life, and they're just laying heavy burdens on you. And you're listening, and you're you're wanting to like encourage them. And you're thinking, "Man, I know what they need. Hmm. I know what they need. They need Jesus Christ. They need the message of the gospel." But sometimes we we all do this to different degrees. We kind of pull back. Say, "Well, I don't want to be the, the fanatic. I don't want to be the one who's like, oh, well, you just need Jesus,' you know." But that is exactly what they need. They need Christ. So um, just being able to like be confident that, man, they can reject it. Yeah. But we have confidence in the message of the gospel. So, yeah. yeah so that's that that portion. Um, and then as we kind of work through the next part, and you mentioned this, there's these people who are 
preaching Christ from um, out of envy and rivalry and with selfish motives. And Paul's position there as well. Yeah, I mean, hey, they're preaching Christ. So whether they're doing with the right attitude or the wrong attitude, at least the message is going forth, which is kind of a, a unique, it's kind of a weird part of Scripture uh, because Paul is clear they're not heretics. They're not preaching heresy, mm-hmm. right? They're preaching Christ. Um, but we know they're doing it for the wrong reasons. So he's not making any kind of judgment against their their salvation position or where they're at before the Lord. But he does says, hey, they, he does say they're preaching Christ. And that is of great encouragement. Yeah. Uh, because, because the gospel, again, is going forward. And he's not like, well, you know, they're not doing it the way I would do it or, or I want credit or I want you know, a platform. He's just like, Hey, disagree. That's not like you would say they're they're selfish, envious. That's not Christ-like. We don't know even if they're regenerate believers, but they are still preaching Christ. Yeah, exactly. Um, One commentary even said that the connection between verse 14 and 15 is, is closer than what English translations tend to make it look. Um, I say that so close. In fact, that when in verse 14, it talks about most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. So he makes the point that that essentially courage um, is this contagious thing. Like they see Paul, he's imprisoned, they see that he's still remaining faithful and that he has joy. And so therefore it emboldens them to speak the gospel. So when you when you are going through suffering, it's easy to think, oh man, like this is this is the worst. But in fact, the Lord may be using your suffering to encourage someone else to be faithful. And so, but, but they point out there at the end of verse 14 that these brothers are even are speaking even more fearlessly. And then verse 15, to be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry. So he's calling them brothers, saying like, mm-hmm. hey, some of these brothers are preaching Christ for the wrong reason. But there's still, the gospel's still going forward. He says, for sure, like some are preaching for the wrong reason. Others are preaching out of goodwill. These ones preach out of love, knowing that I'm a point for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this, I rejoice. Like they're... There are going to be people who preach the gospel for the wrong reasons. There are going to be mm-hmm. brothers and sisters who are, in fact, brothers and sisters, but maybe preaching or maybe proclaiming the gospel for wrong or selfish reasons. And I would say there would be, there will be even be others who are not brothers and sisters who are yeah, absolutely. unregenerate, absolutely, and who will be, you know, preaching Christ for the wrong reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, the, the you went dark there. I can't see. Are you, are you in there, Rob? <laughs> you can see me fine. It went, went, so went so we're doing we're doing this on Zoom, and I was sitting still, and the motion detected lights in the office thought there was nobody in here, so the lights went off, and so I had to move my arms a little bit, flail, flail them around action. a little bit, for the lights I wish come I back. I kind of got that on camera for you guys, listeners. Yeah, thoroughly entertainment, mm. entertaining. But yeah, so. So in this, and this was was my second point, is that our contentment, we be content in just faithful witness. Mm-hmm. This is Paul's point, is that, you know, I, I I can't tell you why all the things are happening that are happening. I can't tell you why these people are, are kind of against this and these people are that. And, and same for us today. I, I can't tell you why there's so much division among 
denominations and all those things. I, I think there's some some of those reasons are good and, and right, but there's so many things that I cannot explain. But I have to be content in being faithful as a witness of the gospel, right? So I can't tell you what all of um, the church's involvement should be in the political fear, sphere and how we you know spend taxpayer money in Asia. Someone has thoughts on those, and hopefully they're they're God honoring. But what I can tell you is, man, we have to be faithful to be a witness to what Christ has done in my life, in my other brother or sister's lives, and and be content with that. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep daily waking up, going forward, and we're gonna trust Christ, trust the message of the gospel, even though when I don't feel like it, um, when things seem strange knowing that suffering does produce hope. I mean, Paul again wrote in Romans 5, in chapter 5, 1 through 5, says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance, and endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has who was given to us. So Paul's writing, like, listen, be content. Hardship comes, difficulty comes, frustration, suffering. People, brothers and sisters who, who maybe are, are hurting you intentionally or unintentionally, be content, press forward, be a witness for the gospel. Yeah, that's good. Have you um, have you heard the story of Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley in 16th Play the century? Man. Yeah, right. exactly. That's it. Yep. So during the, the Protestant Reformation, um, Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley, as they were joining it and continuing to write against the some of the Roman Catholic practices, they were taken to the stake and they were going to be burned alive side by side. And Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley, um, in 1555, as the fires were being lit, um, we read that for their faithful witness to Christ, um, these fires are being lit. And Latimer shouts to Ridley. He says, be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. And we see that one man's suffering emboldened another man and he's even as he's being burned alive he encourages him hey play the man stay firm stay faithful all the way to the end yeah and we see stuff like that and like even now hearing it it's like Mm -hmm. my goodness i I can be bold in my faith if it costs me my job so be it if it costs me fill in the blank so be it like these guys are (laughs) encouraging one another as they're being burned alive wow it it has a way suffering and then in the midst of suffering being bold and being courageous it has a way of of um like burning away like the chaff of life mm-hmm. right the things that we fill up our days and our times and our, our mind with of like man which you know these things that don't matter they're not only are they not eternal they won't even matter probably in a month or yeah. a year yeah but we spend so much time thinking about these things it's like when the beauty of hardship and difficulty and suffering is that it just refines, it brings into focus the things that matter. And when you see other brothers and sisters who are faithful and who suffer well, it, it's a convicting thing and a humbling thing. But man, 
it's an encouraging thing and emboldening an emboldening thing yep it emboldens us yeah yeah there that's you go good. rob that's so good. last verse we work through verse 20 um in this idea this is what what paul writes my eager expectation and hope is that i will not be ashamed about anything but that now as always with all courage christ will be highly honored in my body whether by life or by death and so this idea that paul not only is he hopeful he's a he's expectant he's excited about being faithful to the gospel in that about not being ashamed of anything now this doesn't mean paul is perfect this isn't pontiff paul right um he's not following in peter's steps and like hey i'm i'm the second pope after peter he's simply saying listen my hope is to be faithful to what to the scriptures faithful to christ and I, I don't have anything to be ashamed of yeah. as people are bringing accusations. And, and there is division among the churches about, oh, do we follow Paul or do we not follow Paul? He's saying, listen, I am excited and I'm hopeful that I will not be ashamed of anything. And we know as believers that shame comes when we are living in sin and then the enemy brings the shame on us. The Lord doesn't, I don't think, bring shame. He brings conviction on us he, he stirs us to conviction but if we're following after christ there's nothing to be ashamed about despite what the world says what your neighbors your coworkers, like you are not to feel sh- shameful hmm. for being a witness to the gospel yeah or even for taking a hard line on you know theological i would say um moral truths from god like we we should not be ashamed of those things and so Paul's writing and saying, "Listen, I'm not. I'm excited. I'm not ashamed about these things. Um, his hope is that, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in His body, whether by life or by death. So, what, whatever, however this shakes out, my goal, all these things, that the being a, a witness, being confident in the, the message of the gospel, being content to be faithful to the message and the, the work of the gospel, is all for this honor." For Christ, this high honor for Christ, and again, Paul is Paul is modeling for us, for the church. That should be our goal. That should be our goal, like today, this afternoon, tomorrow, when we wake up. Is how can I bring honor to Christ? For for yes, it's our good. We will be beneficiaries of that, but because Christ is worthy, and we do that whether we live or we die, we're we're content to do those things. Yeah, Paul even said in, in verse 16, um, knowing that I am appointed for the mm-hmm. defense of the gospel. He recognizes that he's appointed. He says something similar in Galatians 1, 15 through 16, when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace. Um, it it, it kind of parallels, um, this is what the New American Commentary points out, that it parallels Jeremiah's experience, where we read in Jeremiah 1, 5, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so Paul is recognizing that God has appointed him for the defense of the gospel. And even in his suffering, God is using him to continue to defend the gospel so that the gospel may go forward. And the same call is on anyone who is in Christ, that you are called to defend the gospel, to proclaim the gospel. It's one of the reasons why, Rick, I love the name of you guys, Church, Proclamation Church, because emphasizing that we are called to proclaim the gospel. And when we proclaim the gospel, as long as we're proclaiming the explicit gospel, as you pointed out at the beginning of uh, this this episode, 
God, man, Christ response, getting those four elements in, when we proclaim that faithfully, we're actually defending the gospel at the same time. Because if you proclaim what is true, then you're defending what is true from that which is untrue. And that's why, as as um, I'm not going to butcher some things here, but as Protestants, we are a confessional people. We hold to yeah. confessions because not only are we saying, being clear, like, hey, by the way, this is what we believe. We're also defending what we believe against what we would say is wrong doctrine yeah. or error. So we're 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 very we want to be confessional, hold to robust confessions, be clear what we believe, and confess it clearly and often, so that. People aren't ambiguous. They're not like surprised. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know you guys believe that. Like, no. Yeah. Like, so. And you'll come um, across people who are like, eh, that seems a little fundamentalist to hold on to these things pretty, pretty close-handedly. Yeah. Like, it's like not like we're not trying to be fundamentalists here. Like, we're just <laughs> trying to say this is what the church has believed for the last two thousand yeah. years, and we just don't want to be novel when it comes to right. an ancient faith. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. hearty and, and, amen and, to that. What's that? I said hearty amen to that, to that hard point of, and be, hearty us being, amen. of us being confessional. You know, that's a word we don't use enough is hearty. Hearty. Like people, people used to use it, I think, somewhat in like relation to like a meal. Like that was a hearty meal, mm-hmm. you know, robust, like there's a lot, a lot there. Yeah. Um, Rob, would it be a compliment if I said, man, you're a hearty guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Call me hearty anytime. <laughs> Call me hearty eight days a week, baby. Uh, but so anyway, wrapping this up, Paul, he, his hope is not, his hope is in just that he's seen the gospel work. He's seen it sustain him. Um, and Paul is not advocating for any kind of works based salvation or performance. Like I just got to keep up this performance. Um, no, his hope is in the reality of the gospel. You know, that Jesus is God, that Jesus atoned for our sins. Um, that he is the way, the truth, and the light, and that yeah. our his faith and our faith is in that. Um, and that's he's writing again to this to the church, saying, "Listen, essentially, be witnesses of the gospel because it works, and there is no there is no other hope." Yeah, that's good. All that's right, good. That's if you guys um, want to check out our new website. You can go over to simpletheology.org. You can reach mm-hmm. out to us. You can support us. You can check out previous episodes. Again, that's simpletheology.org. You can also, if you go to that website, you know how we've been saying, if you've been listening to us for more than one episode, you'll know that we've been giving a number at the end to leave a voicemail. No uh, longer. No you, longer? You can go straight to our website, and in the bottom right, there's a little blue button where if you click it, it'll just record from your computer or from your phone, and you can leave a voicemail. Straight from our website. So head on over there, simpletheology.org. Not kidding, man. Um, You can also hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash simpletheology, on Instagram at simpletheologypod, or you can use the hashtag simpletheologypod on either of those platforms, and we'll probably see it. No guarantees, but probably. (laughs) People are really motivated Eventually. Exactly. Yeah, but hey, Rob did do a whole new website, guys. So. I, I mean, I didn't. I signed us up for something, and they pretty much took care of it. So, just makes our job a little bit easier, so that we can get these episodes out more timely. Round up. So all by himself. Yep, exactly. Peace out, y'all. Bye.